Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to The Rock Show. I'm Rocker Mike. The guy in the top left is Mr. Rob Rossi. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty good, man. And we got some uh, special guests for the end of the year. For 2020. Yeah, just, <laughs> right, right. 2020 sucks. We're, we're going to kick it yeah. out the door. This is the year-end episode of The Rock Show. And uh, the tradition started last year. We have a little special show. And today is no different. Um, we have guests Keith Reese and his musical partner, I, on the bottom right there. Um, we're also going to do a, an album of the year. And we're also going to talk to uh, Scott the Clown a little while from now. So we've got a big show lined up for you today. But first and foremost, we've got Keith and I. And they are part of a musical duo called The Keith and I. A little uh, play on The King and I. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You're doing yeah. a little Yul Brenner, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you got. <laughs> yeah, it. you go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so I you guys it. have been playing around most of the year, right? Last year too, right? Yeah, yeah. We've been yeah. doing this for, I'd say, at least a year and a half, if not more. I. I think right, it's a right. year and a half. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Year yeah. And a half. yeah. Right, right. Now, how did you guys meet up, and and how did you decide to do this kind of lineup? Okay, if I may. Oh, did you want to go? I. You you explain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So first of all, we we worked together, um, and we were working together in an office back when you could still go in the office. Um, yeah. And I, I I work there every day. I usually comes in only like one or two times a week, and one day she came in with a guitar, and <laughs> two of the other uh, workers in her section noticed the guitar and said like, oh, you play guitar. Well, you should talk to Keith, he's a singer. So she came over and we talked and uh, talked about, uh, you know, what we were into musically and what we were doing currently, which I really wasn't doing anything. I was working with some musicians and we just talked about, you know, different things, uh, frustration with uh, being in bands and things of that nature. And, uh, we, we, you know, talked about possibly doing something musically in the future. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was maybe a week or two later, I came by my desk again and said that she'd uh, checked out these places that had open mics in our neighborhoods in Brooklyn and that, you know, we should check it out. And we started doing that and it became like a weekly thing. We uh, do a couple of uh, open mics in different places in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, after the uh, pandemic started and everything closed down, we weren't doing that for a while. But uh, I found this other open mic. Uh, I maybe you want to talk about the other open mic. Oh yeah, yeah. Summer? So after, right. So after pandemic, I was looking for some, you know, uh, open mic opportunities, and then I found out there is a one organized by uh, I think it's a bit of. Bitter End, right? Bitter End. Yeah, on, on, on Bleecker Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the guy who used to organize open mic in the Bitter End, he started doing open mic um, event every Thursday, uh, 6 to 11-ish, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so that started, I think that started the end of August. And then I told Keith, I think we should, you know, we should just do it. And we started almost every Thursday we, you know, played, right, Keith? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I think it was earlier in the summer than that. Um, right. Probably maybe like mid or early August uh, that you found out about this. So it was like this open space uh, in, in an area of Brooklyn where there's a, a lot of industrial buildings and stuff like that. And it was an outdoor space and there's different like uh, stores and shops around there. So you could get beers and food, stuff like that. And uh, it, it was, it was, it was really nice. You know, it was nice mm. to, to do it outside and, you know, see different people. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And we actually worked out a lot of new material. Uh, oh yeah. Started doing. <laughs> so, some of which you may be seeing and some of which may be old. Uh, what you're seeing may be older material, but, uh, you know, we worked out a lot of things and it, it was a lot of fun until it started getting cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Outside, outside is not good when it's cold. No, um, now would be impossible. Let me, let me so. just, let me just interrupt for a second. Um, I've known you Keith for almost 30 years. Okay. Wow. And, uh, wow. yeah, yeah. I think, I think we met about 1991 at work, just like you yeah, met. Yeah, we used to work at the wow. same place. You know, yeah. And, uh, long time and and a lot of people ask me since i've been doing the rock show uh mm. you know, how do you know how do you know so much about music you're like an encyclopedia this and that and if there's one person i could point to that that mm. is probably my biggest influence it's this guy right here okay mr oh, Reese. Thanks. all right yeah. no because he, you know this guy knows so much about music and we've we taught each other things we've been yeah we've been down We've been down the rabbit hole with bands and mm -hmm. I mean, what, mm -hmm. you know, definitely getting into things and, and stuff that we yeah, were yeah. into before musically and discovering stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and he's great. But Keith, now your background musically, I mean, I've known you for a long time, like I said, and you've been involved mm -hmm. in a lot of different bands. This is something different from, for you because it's really just a two piece, first of all. But, yeah. you, you know, you, you, you're doing covers right now. I kind of mm -hmm. hope that changes. I kind of hope you write some originals because I like what I hear from you guys, the stuff you showed me that we're going to show everybody later. Um, you know, you, you, you know, your background is various. It's, it could be heavy metal. It's punk rock. It could be even country music, things like that. You like all kinds of shit. All right. Sure. So, but when you two started working together, where was the common ground musically for you two? Yeah. Uh, yeah. the punk rock. I, whoever wants to answer that, that's fine. <laughs> punk rock. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, punk, punk rock. Um, so back then, I actually, okay. when I started talking about music with Keith, that was right after I disbanded my previous band, which was actually punk duo. I play guitar oh. and sing. And then uh, my partner was a drummer. So it, it was only like a drummer in the guitar and vocal. That was already, I, I already had a punk duo thing. But, um, you know, so many things happened and then I had to dis disband it. And then I was speaking about it to Keith. And Keith understood, you know, those kind of dramas. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and so that's how he knew, he got to know that I am, um, you know, into punk, but I'm more, because I, we are a little different generation. You're I'm in. a little You're younger. And so many these, I have a huge Thanks influence. Thanks for pointing that out. From, yeah. yeah, from, I have a huge influence from many rock music, like a grunge or alternative <laughs> rock, you know? And then also punk. So he's more like teaching me, like, you know, classic punk right. and 80s punk yeah. and, and that I really enjoy, you know. And 
yeah, so our common thing is punk. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really where we found common ground. And I's absolutely right because she was expressing frustration when we were first yeah, talking yeah. now with, right. with, with, with the band situation. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what that's like. You know? <laughs> so it, it, you're asking me about, you know, how it feels doing this kind of situation compared to being in a band. Um, I think it's 300 times better, actually. <laughs> so, bands, are, bands are tough, you know, because you usually have at yeah, least um, four or five people, <laughs> and everybody seems to yeah. have their own agenda on what they want to do and what they want to contribute and who wants to control this and that. With me and I, it's like really easy because we sort of just, you know, we have similar tastes. And, you know, I introduce her to some of the older punk stuff and mm. you know she's showing me a lot of stuff like the pj harvey and some of the other things you know mm. and we've really been able to find a lot of common ground in what we want to do right. and you know everything we we seem to pick seems to mesh with our you know individual guitar and vocal styles so it, it's mm. really been a very very easy positive experience yeah um, no drama right been involved with over the years so <laughs> right right well there's like there's only two of you so it's less people in the band yeah, right yeah yeah it's an yeah. easy way to control the band um exactly. all right let me ask you something now what's your what's your musical background right right all right what's oh. your musical background um did you learn guitar Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. At a, at a young so, age, or taught yourself? Yeah, when or? I'm so I'm actually from Japan, and you know many Japanese kids uh, take piano lessons when they are really little, and so I was also like that. I took piano lessons when I was really child, like at ten, but it was not too long. I learned piano, so how to read music. You know that kind of basic thing. I um, classically. So my first instrument mm -hmm. was uh, piano. Right. And then after that, uh, I didn't play any instruments. Maybe until three years ago, I guess. All of the sudden, three years ago, I just started thinking I want to play rock music, you know? I never played a guitar until then. So I I uh, told my husband, I, I really want to wow. do a band, or, you know? And then he got me uh, oh no, my first acoustic acoustic guitar. And that was my very first time to play acoustic guitar. That was three years ago. And a year later, mm -hmm. he got me an electric guitar. And I then I got into it. Like electric guitar was really powerful. I love electric yeah. guitar. And so, and then I started writing music. Um, so, you know, as, a, how can I say, as a guitarist and a vocalist, playing with other musicians, like Keith and other musicians, it's been, I think, two years. Uh, maybe I'm a still baby musician, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my background. So, yeah. And once she stopped the electric guitar, you know, it's like the, everything flowed from yeah. there. So it's okay. like punk rock, PJ Harvey, all those yeah, yeah. things she likes yeah. to do all came from that. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, right. I is a, a right. really versatile musician, by the way. 
Uh, I've seen video of her playing the piano, and she's learned how to play drums this year. And <laughs> at some I'm point, she could probably be her own one-woman band if she wanted. Mm, that's wow. my goal. I mean, you guys in the studio could... In the studio, you guys could record something playing multiple instruments. I know, I know, you play a little guitar key. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly could, enough to do a she, punk she, rock. She song. could play drums. Maybe somebody could play bass. You could do it yeah. all in yeah. the studio. I think it, <laughs> I think it's very possible. We yeah. can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Record kind of thing. That would be great. Exactly. Maybe we'll have something right. for next year's show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you okay. Got we got. So um, let me let me let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this. What 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 lies for you guys in the future? Obviously, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I know we got video. Uh, we're gonna put that on when we when we have this show all put together. We're gonna show a couple of songs for you guys. Um, but what I was gonna ask is, what's what's the future for you guys once we're out of this pandemic? Are you gonna do mm. more open mic, or maybe you're gonna book shows just. Just, you I know, think it, as yeah. yourselves, <laughs> Keith and I, at the bitter end, you know, or wherever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Definitely more open mics. I don't know about, you know, live show and Any idea? Uh, music venues yeah. because of, you know, situation. Uh, but hopefully, you know, I, I hope that would happen, you know. You know, open yeah. mic is fun, but... Uh, uh you know it's so yeah. limited we can sing only like maybe three or four songs we want to keep going right Keith? <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure for sure <laughs> we've done a lot of uh, mm -hmm. uh great work i think right uh, right but, uh, you know i i has a lot of uh original songs uh, uh which which i think yeah are all i mean this, really, the really songs good. i heard you do it fantastic yeah and uh uh you know i i'm not the most prolific songwriter myself but i has mm. kind of pushed me over the last oh, yeah. year or so so i've mm. started to get some things together so I, I would think in the future there might be a point where maybe we do a show with uh you know a few of i songs uh, of i songs and a few of our songs you know as mm. a as a whole original set as, as kind of a change up you know right. um we, we enjoy the open mics and, and doing different right. songs and learning different songs and you know uh, kind of merging them into our own style there, which I think uh, you'll kind of see from the videos a little bit, um, you know, and keep that spirit of uh, punk rock and real rock music alive. But yeah, yeah, I, I can envision us, you know, doing uh, some shows where, where we do some original content as well in the future. I would certainly hope that would be the case. Uh, I would certainly hope that venues start opening back up again sometime next year so we can consider doing something like that. Uh, we're keeping our hopes up for that as well. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm music on shortly for everybody to watch. You guys, the Keith and Great. I, keep a lookout for them in the listings. Uh, you know, mostly you're playing around Brooklyn. So keep yeah. you know, and if it happens at the bitter end, that'd be great too. If they start having shows, sure. Uh, if you got great. anything coming up, just let me know. I'll I'll tell everybody all about it. Okay. We will. We will. I mean, as soon as okay. uh, everything starts opening back up again. Thank you all. Take care now. Yep. You too. You too, guys. Enjoy the videos. Thanks so much. Take care. Yeah, the Thanks. songs are great, guys. You did a Thanks. job. Rob, I appreciate right. that.
Good to see you. Hope to see you in person soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I hope too. Thank Good you. Time. All right. You guys. too. <laughs> You're welcome. So, thank you for being on the show. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. It was very nice to see you.
year mike we had a long year there was a few albums that came out what what album okay well before i give the album of the year i want to talk about the uh the second place okay because this album that i made second most of the year i was going to make the album of the year and then i got blown away by something else okay but both of these albums are kind of comeback albums okay uh and the first one i want to talk about the runner-up is the psychedelic furs album made of rain uh came out the end of july and it's their first studio album since 1991. wow okay so yeah 29 years and uh i always liked this band i always felt that uh they were more than just like pretty and pink and all that you know they had a lot of other good songs besides that they kind of got lumped in with that whole john hughes teenage movie shit, you know but and some of that's good, but but they, they were an interesting band, uh, you know, important in England, really more than in America. But they made a, a you know, they were very popular here as well. Um, like I said, it's their first new album since 91. Uh, and it had two new members. It's the first album with two new members, uh, Rich Good and Amanda Kramer. Uh, the first single off this album, Made of Rain, was called Don't Believe. All right. Uh, check it out. I, I, I really highly recommend it. Uh, I think it's one of their best albums ever. And for a band to come back after almost 30 years and do that is not easy to do. 
No, he's not. You know, uh, Richard <laughs> Butler, the lead singer, still sounds fantastic. Uh, little little deeper voice than he than he had in the past, but but he's thirty years older. Um, yeah, I, they had plans to tour and everything like that, but you know, obviously with with COVID, all that kind of went down the drain. So hopefully, twenty twenty one, they're going to come around. Okay, the first place is album of the year, and it's a band that we covered back in May. I believe it was towards the end of May. Uh, they're a famous British R&B band. They're kind of like a working man's Rolling Stones, and that's the pretty things. And the album is called Bare as Bone, Bright as Blood. Mm. And basically, uh, singer Phil May and Dick Taylor, who actually did play in the early Rolling Stones as the bass player, um, they've been the steadies in this band. This band's been around for 50 years, almost 60 years. Okay. Wow. Uh, it broke up a few years ago because Phil May got sick. Um, this album that came out in September is basically an acoustic blues record. It's all covers, um, but it's they put their they put their twist on it. They do "Muddy Waters," "Can't Be Satisfied," "Come Into My Kitchen" by Robert Johnson. They do "Love in Vain" by Robert Johnson. They do "Ain't No Grave." I know you like that one. Uh, yeah, it was originally by Claude Eli. Uh, they do I'm Ready by Willie Dixon. And what I really like is they did a cover of a song called Fault Line by the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Wow. Okay, so they, they were looking, you know, they were listening to some contemporary stuff. And that song is actually on the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club album called Howl. And I think that's that, their best album. All right. So I was really surprised to see that. Now, it's a bit of an emotional thing. Uh, the pretty, the pretty things are, you know, one of my favorite garage bands from the '60s. Um, you know, they had the the concept album SF Sorrow, which you know people say is the first rock opera. It preceded Tommy by the Who by six months. Okay, uh, it's a fantastic album. They they went psychedelic for a while, then they went back to R and B kind of stuff. And uh, Phil May was always the singer and. They recorded this album this year, and then sadly, Phil May died. Wow! And he died. He died. His last name is May, and he actually died in May. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, twenty twenty. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, twenty twenty strikes again. Um, get this album, people. If you like, if you like, you know, real Delta blues in the in, in the the way of like Muddy Waters and Sun House and Robert John. This is something you have to listen to. This is a different kind of album for the pretty things. I mean this was kind of like their roots album. Um I think everybody should check this out. It's actually selling pretty good. Um it's on Madfish Records. You can get it on Amazon. Uh right. Elk Furs you can get it on Amazon. They're both on there. Um and just get it. Uh it was Produced by their, their manager, Mark St. John. Um, again, a real acoustic blues album. I, I, I highly recommend it. And I just want to mention real quick that our buddy Paris Mayhew from the Cro-Mags has some new music out this year. Uh, uh, it's something called Agros. And he did a instrumental kind of hardcore metal-ish song called Chaos Magic. 
check out. He, he made a fantastic deal for it. You can see it on YouTube, Chaos Magic. Uh, he filmed it all on the Williamsburg Bridge at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And it's just like uh, a, a tribute to the bridge, a tribute to New York. Uh, check it out, Chaos Magic. And he says he has more music coming. He'll be releasing things here and there. And it's called Agros. So Rob, okay, so Pretty Things, Bare as Bone, Bright as Blood, the album of the year. And it's two years in a row that I picked a covers album as the album of the year. I don't know what's going on, but nobody's writing enough good original shit. But <laughs> Come on, people, write some good original shit so album of the year. What was it last year? David Hopper, right? All right, man. That's his day, right? I, I, I blew everybody's mind. It was David Hasselhoff with that. That was great. Your eyes. I still listen to that fucking record, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking right, great album, man. It really is. That's what I got for everybody. So, uh, Mike, all these cater watches, I can get that on Amazon. I can even yep. get them on Google. Can I get that on Spotify or even uh, Apple? Uh, I'm sure Made of Rain by the Psychedelic Furs is on Spotify. Not sure about okay. the pretty things. Uh, they do have a, uh, they do have a people with um, like Pretty Things channel on Spotify. So maybe, maybe. Oh, all right. I'm sure. You know, isn't that how everybody does it now, right? Yeah, everybody got Spotify. Oh, ah! <laughs> action. Oh, we're live on Facebook. And man, do we. All right. Oh, it's been a while. This is the end of the year, man. So far, we've been a hell of a show, man. We had a few guests. We had uh, Keith and um, I before. And then uh -huh. Mike, Mike gave the album of the year, and now we're got our special guest, Clown Con, baby. How you doing, Clown Con? I bid you welcome. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, Mr. Khan. It's great to be back. Yes, yeah, good to see you. So today we're going to talk about two movies, uh, classics that, that me and you decided to to review. Uh, I'm sure most people have seen these movies, but maybe it's been a while. Well, they're high, uh, high brow maturity. You no, know. Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely, you know, high brow and, and IQ raising <laughs> kind of shit, you know. Um, the first one is called Rock and Roll High School. Bing. Starring the Ramones. Okay. And the second one we're going to talk about is Animal House. Starring John Belushi and a bunch of other assholes. It's going to be a Gonna be a great, you know, review here. Let's talk yeah. about rock and roll high school. Right now, Rob, you, 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 you know, you mentioned the other day after watching it. Just give your input here because you were funny what you were saying. Let me tell you that it's, it was a shit. It was a shit. It was a shit show from the beginning. That the kids, the woman, rock and roll high school, and fucking dancing, and the school is shaking. And then, <laughs> They made the science yeah. teacher like the dean of discipline. It was fucking hysterical. Yeah. And people yeah. yeah. dancing. And then you see, like, it was a two hour music video of the fucking right. remote. It was, the and then the drums everywhere. The drums are coming with them. It was the most, <laughs> <laughs> it's a disaster. It was, it was so bad. It was great. That That's a perfect definition for that movie. So bad, it's good. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know, 
I, and I think for a lot of us, including me, I'd never seen the Ramones on stage before. So this oh, one, this okay. one, this was, I mean, this was, I was like, like I think 14 when this movie came out, 79, right? 79? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it was the first time I'd ever, and this is before MTV. So yeah. this was like the first time to see like concert footage of the Ramones. And I'm like, Oh, now I, I mean, now I'm in love. <laughs> well, if I could just give a little couple interesting tidbits also sure, about sure. the live footage. Um, when they did that live footage, they actually had to record in that hall for 24 hours straight. Really? With Whoa. very little breaks. They did every song they knew probably 20 times. <laughs> okay? Oh, my God. And Yeah. And what you saw was the final product of all the different takes and everything, but they actually had to film that over almost a 24 hour period with all the act, you know, whatever actors were involved there right. and all that. It right. was like a gru grueling kind of thing. Now, right. Alan Arkish directed that and it was produced by a guy named Michael Fennell. He was actually working for Roger Corman. It's a Roger Corman. Yeah, I was about to say, it's a, it, it, had, it very much had a Roger Corman budget to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah oh, it's a totally B movie. Who's going to spend most of their money on the soundtrack? <laughs> the, the, the other thing, too, is the, you know, the history of it is interesting, how it got to be, because Corman didn't want to make this movie. He wanted to make something called Disco High. Okay. Okay, okay Disco High. Right? <laughs> and know, then... I think it was Alan Arkish that talked him out of it. And he said, no, nah, no, nah, you got to make a rock and roll high school. And originally they were going to go with cheat trick and not oh. the remote. Wow. Yeah. Also, they considered Todd Rundgren too. Now, that definitely. Was right. not <laughs> but, 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 Todd Rundgren high school. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know about that, but you know, it's the, and then I what happened know. was Cheap, Cheap Trick supposedly was asked, but they were not available. I think they were touring somewhere else or something like that. So um trying to remember who it was. It might have been Arkish. Or, no, no, no. It was uh, Paul Bartell, the guy who plays Mr. McGree. Right on. He told, he told Corman, what about the Ramones? Because he was a New York guy. Yep. So was Mary Warren of Ms. Togar. She was uh, an Andy Warhol uh, protege. Right. Wow. She used to, Mary Warner, you know, in that movie, she's kind of ugly, but she's a very attractive woman, especially back then. The, the, and, the principal. Yeah, yeah, the principal. Yeah. And and Miss Togar. And Mary Warner, the actress, worked with with uh with uh Andy Warhol in the 60s and the right. Velvet Underground. She right used on. to do the whip dance. Right on. That the, well, that they used to do at Velvet Underground shows. Well, interesting, interestingly enough, they bring up because Paul Bartel also directed yes. and starred in another cult classic, Eating Raw. I know Rattles. where you're going. A Eating Raw. So he and, yep. and her, uh, I'm sorry, what is the actress's name that played uh, Principal? Mary Warrenoff. Mary Warrenoff. So they both starred and and, and he directed it. And if, now, if you haven't seen that, it's a great movie. Oh, it's, it's a great movie. I think that was his last <laughs> film. I think he died right after that. Oh, really? I didn't Paul Bartel. Yeah. Yeah, Mary Warner just turned eighty, I think, in the last couple of weeks. I saw something wow. online. Um, and yeah, she's she's a she's a, a very yeah. Woman. Do you remember? Do you remember another earlier Corman flick that um, had I'm Mary Warner in it? I'm you got me stumped. Death Race two thousand. 
Oh, <laughs> who did she play in that? She um was it Matilda or something like that? Or she's one of the one of the other one of the other drivers. She gets blown up. David Carradine, that is yep. a great movie. That's a, that's an amazing flick. Stallone is Fred, in that. You know, it's, it's a great it's a great yeah. fucking movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know who's but, the guy? You know, you know who's the guy that fascinated you? That had a long career. He was a big character. Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother. How, oh, how right. about that motherfucker? Oh, yeah. right. Eagle Bauer. Right. Eagle Bauer. Yeah, he's great. I, I, I mean, it's, isn't it great when when Tom Roberts, the fucking the fucking football player, right? Vin, who was Vincent Van Patten? Okay, okay. Um, what was his name? The guy, the guy from the guy from Eight Is Enough, the father. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, um, that's oh, his son. Oh, Van Patten, right? Yeah, Van, Van Patten. Dick, Dick Van Patten is the Dick dad. Van Patten. Yeah, Vince that's Van oh, Patten is his oh, son. Oh, oh I didn't even realize that. Oh, Van yeah. Patten family. Yeah. There's another there's Van Patten of, too that acted. There's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of Van Dam Pattens. Exactly. Too many. Too many. <laughs> yeah, he was, was he was Tom he Roberts. <laughs> he goes in the bathroom and you know, it's like, what kind of emergency is it? Animal, vegetable, or mineral. He says sexual. It's <laughs> 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 a red alert. It's a red alert. He goes red. <laughs> I think my I think my favorite characters are, of course, the um the the hall monitors. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. They got like the best stick bits yeah. in the whole movie. Remember that when they're in the, they're in the office and they have to go send a letter to to, yeah. to to the music teacher, and and the fat one he's like trying to trying to he's trying to push the gate, but it's a pull gate. Yeah, it's, 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 it goes it goes it over it. Over. <laughs> <It's just laughs> How about them in the motorcycle? That's the with best. The, the motorcycle, with the, the fucking Devo, the Devo song in the background, man. <laughs> Holy shit! What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although I tell you, another one of my favorite characters who I, who made me laugh the most and really got the least uh, about what was the freshman. Remember the freshman? Oh yeah. Oh, he's yeah. yeah. in the locker. Every time, every time they open a locker, yeah. he's in there going. They, they, they cook him. They cook him in the kitchen. That would cook, help him. That would cook him. Cook him. He's in the drawer. He's like, eh. you know. But but I gotta I gotta go back. I gotta go back to Clint Howard for a second, guys. Okay. Big Star Trek fan right here. Right okay. on. You know where I'm going with this. Okay. Rob, do you remember the episode of Star Trek with Clint Howard when he's like five years old? Oh, he looked. Yeah, he was. He's a little. The, he was a good old <laughs> He's a little. He's a little. He gives him a glass of Tranya. Yeah, right? it's a drink. Well, he's, <laughs> oh my god, he's a weird looking kid anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, so so's Ron Howard. Dude, that kid looked like an alien man. Is that dude yeah. got a kid? That's an alien kid. Well, exactly. He that's was, why they put him in Star Trek. He and, he was, an alien. and around that time, he was in a very popular TV show called uh, Gentle Ben. That's right. Was uh, he was. He had a he's this little kid with a giant grizzly bear. <laughs> right. I remember that. Nobody's fucking with this kid. Like we don't care how he was just like he was just like Ron Howard's Ron Howard's little brother that you know Ron got him to do shit because Ron had a lot of pull in Hollywood. <laughs> right. Right. 
Dude, that guy was in hundreds and hundreds TV show movies. That guy had a film. You look at his credit, you'll be like, holy shit. Mostly Ron Howard directed films. (laughs) Yeah. He puts his brother in. I mean, it's a good deal. Now, one guy in this movie that you got to love because he's been in a million Corman movies going back to the 60s is Dick Miller. Okay. Okay. Dick Miller, who got his start in the Corman flick, Bucket of Blood. Yeah. You ever see that movie? Of course I No. Oh, I know you did. Rob, you ever see it? No. Okay. It's about it's about an artist who starts killing people and using their blood to, to paint. Oh shit. That sounds okay. dark. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty it's pretty demented. It's very artistic. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> there's also another there's another movie. I don't know if you saw this uh clown called Color Me Blood Red. The Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. Which and if you say her, if, it sounds like the one film with the word blood in it that I have not seen. Well, I'm sure you saw Blood Feast. It's the same director, right? Oh, right. Okay, and Color Me Blood Red just takes bucket of blood and just like multiplies it by a thousand because there's it's a, gore, it. it's a it's a gore movie. So they just not only are they using blood for you know artistic stuff, they're right. using like. Sausages for intestines, you know, <laughs> squeezing shit. Yeah. The sick. That movie. sounds very Roger Corman. <laughs> it's not a Corman flick. It's a Herschel Gordon Lewis, but right it ripped off fucking a blood. Right you know yeah. who was my one of my the character I like? Um, screaming Stephen. Um, <laughs> screaming Stephen. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a How name! About, do, you, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember him in 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 uh, Death Race two thousand? Which one was he? I, I knew I recognized okay. him. His, his name. His name was Don Steele. I, I I think he passed away too. Okay. In in death in Death Race two thousand, he's the announcer in that. At oh, the end, at the end, Frankenstein oh. runs him over. All right. <laughs> <Remember> that? <laughs> but in, in, in Rock and Roll High School, he's just the DJ, right. and I mean the the scenes at the live show. When he's announcing everybody, and then he he announces the two the two nuns that won the tickets. That was great. The two nuns, <laughs> Sister <laughs> Teresa Maria and Sister Maria Teresa. Maria Teresa. <laughs> Maria Teresa Maria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you that that was fucking fantastic, man. I mean, no other band could have done better. Okay, because yeah. you, you needed you needed a band that was cartoonish. Right, right. right. Yeah, a cartoon character, and the Ramones were perfect. I mean, from the minute the minute you first see them in the movie when they're in the big pink Cadillac, right? And that was they're that coming was, down the street. Yeah, they're coming, oh. and, and they're singing. They're singing. I just want to have something to do. Yeah, which is the, the line like, "Hang it out on Second Avenue, eating chicken vindaloo," and he's eating a big fucking piece of chicken. <laughs> he throws it. Right? I mean, it's classic, you know. Uh, and of know, course, when they come out, of course, when they come out, no, there's no instruments plugged in, but you hear everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know when they're waiting in line and they're doing that uh, the the bit about the scalper, right? Yeah. And, the line, and so right, so the scalper is talking to this guy in line. He's got red hair, and he's got this face, and I know I recognize him, but I tried to look it up and I tried to find out. I know he's in something else. Uh, he, he's got a hat on. No, he's not got a hat on. But he's a redhead, and he's got a very distinctive face. And I know he plays like 
Yeah. Bully or asshole in some other movie. If probably if, if you get a chance to look back, look at it. And, I will. And I bet you would recognize them because I I paused it and I literally because you know when you go on IMDb they will have like person standing in line. You know. Uh, it's funny. And, I I went. I, I used to know a guy. His name was Danny Hudson, uh, a good friend of mine. He passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he was a dead ringer. I mean, to a T. To the guy in that movie that when they're in the club and they're, and it, Alan Arkish is actually a cameo, right? The director. Yeah. He's the guy. He's the guy that's checking everybody. Checking like the, checking the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he checks Rick Randall out and Kate Rambo. And then the guy comes in and he lifts his glasses up. He's like, you're too stoned. You don't get in. Right. And my buddy Danny looked like that guy. So we used to, I mean, we used to break his balls. But every time he'd come in, we'd be like, no, nah, you're too stoned. You can't uh, come in. That, <laughs> that guy who took the, I mean, guy took the tickets, and, uh, he was also a uh, big time for like that guy. Yeah, that was the director, Alan Arkish. No, right on. Right on. That was Alan Arkish? Yeah. Yeah. Now another another guy was involved with this film. He kind of co-directed it with him um, when when Arkish was like, because this this was such a grueling production that Arkish would sometimes have to just relax. Joe Dante. <laughs> Joe Dante. Oh, yeah, Joe Dante. Involved, Joe Dante yeah. Uh, also co-wrote co-wrote the yeah. script. He co-wrote the script. That's right. With Alan yeah, Arkish. You know what's that scene that's great? What they're in the concert. It's like the um is the music the music professor the mouse with the earphones? Yeah, <laughs> and then the the fucking idiot gives him the peace pipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, then, and, and the mouse are all getting stoned. Right, right. Well, the mouse the mouse was a reference from earlier in the movie when Miss Toga does the science experiment with the mouse. Oh yeah, they right? blow up and, and it blows up. Right? Yeah. they used to be. There used to be a punk band in the like late 80s, early 90s from Australia called Exploding White Mice. <laughs> it, was, it, was named, it was named from that, that movie, that scene of that movie. But if you, look, if, you look at the, if you look at the gauge, right, the thermometer going up, right? It's like all the loud bands. And then it says like, you know, Judas Priest, <laughs> The Who, and then the Ramones are on top. <laughs> And I also love when she's explaining everything. She's like, okay, this mouse met this other mouse, and they've been living, sharing a cage together and living out of wedlock, and the mouse got a leather jacket on. <laughs> Those mice ain't married. Those mice ain't married. No, no. They're living in sin in their cage. I'm thinking, I was, I'm looking at this. It's just a thing. Like, when they started playing, like, and then the girl, you know, the girl that played the groupie was pretty good. She steal her songs. And then, oh, Angel Dust. Yeah, and then she steal the song. And yes. the chase began. Yep. Body how, surge. How does, how does she get caught? Fucking Tom passed out on the floor. She tips over Tom. And then yeah. Yeah. Right. Over. Right. Did, you, did you see the biker? Groupies would blow on the floor. He jumped off. Oh, you guys do it. The biker with all the cocaine. Blow off the floor and they trip over him. Yeah, he's, try, he's trying to snort all the cocaine off the floor. That was, you know, that's that was fantastic. That was fantastic. I would have done the yeah. same thing. It, you know, you know, it's funny. I read, I read uh, in a Ramones bio. 
when they were when they were making the movie, like they just in the scene in the dressing room, like they just couldn't get it right, <laughs> no matter what they fucking did. Okay, Joey kept fucking up his lines. Dee Dee supposedly had more lines, but he kept fucking them up, so they had to cut his his lines. Like all he had to say was like. It's pizza. Great. Let's dig in. Like he couldn't fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know what I love when the girl's eating pizza with them and she grabbed one of the pizza and just put it in her bag. Yeah. So when she's right in her, in her envelope. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when she's describing when she's describing Joey Ramon to Kate Rambo, she's yeah. like Joey Ramon is hot. He's like a poem to me. <laughs> like, he's, like a poem. he's so dark and handsome. It's like, yeah. what? He's like, I'm just rambling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, come on and pay you, Mr. McGoogle Business. <laughs> <laughs> How you know what? 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 You know what? what? Just come on, take it. <laughs> You know what ahead, scene Rob. was? You know what scene was crazy? Was she smoking pot in her room and he's yeah. just singing to her? That was like so creepy. <laughs> like, you know, you know. There, there's an interesting story with that. Um, if you remember that that movie came out in '79. Right. Now, yeah. also in '79, they were going to start working with Phil Spector on the End of the Century album. Oh yeah, yeah. And what they did to kind of see if 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 Phil would be right for them is they asked him when they were doing that soundtrack, they asked him to come in and do the mix on I Want You Around. Yeah. So when you listen to that on the soundtrack, that's like a Phil Spector oh, mix. Oh, yeah, of course. It is a Phil yeah. Spector. Yeah. You know, and then they went to work with him in California at his mansion after they were done with the film. <laughs> and, you know, he pulled a gun on him and all that. Yeah. But you know what? What's funny is that movie, you know, uh, it, it was supposed to kind of really make the Ramones and it didn't, you know, it just it just didn't. It, it wasn't that it bombed. It didn't bomb. It just kind of like didn't make much. Right. You know, and, was, and I remember when I first saw it, <laughs> I, it was probably on TV a year later. Right. Okay, I remember I remember seeing it like on Channel <laughs> 5, like on a Saturday afternoon or something, you know, like a year later. And that was like my first introduction to the remotes, pretty right. much. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. And I will tell you my favorite line, <laughs> the one that made me laugh the most. Yeah. And it was back to the freshman. <laughs> he said, I'm allergic to violence. I break out in blood. I break out in blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Woody Allen line. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like something Woody Allen would, would say. I break out in blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm allergic to violence. I break out <laughs> in blood. I literally had, my, I my literally favorite. had to pause, had to pause my, it because I was laughing so hard at that line. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines is when, at the end, when they're when they're taking over the school, and they bring in Dick Miller, the police chief, right? And and they're I think Rock and Roll High School that they're, they're like the kids come out, they're going to give up, and then they start playing Rock and Roll High School, and Togar says to Dick Miller, the police chief, she goes, "Those Ramones are peculiar," and he goes, <laughs> "He goes, they're ugly, ugly, <laughs> ugly people." <laughs> Great. 
You know what's the best? They they play that shit and the school blows up. They just took yeah. out the school, man. They really, they really blew up the school. What it was filmed in an empty school in a, like a shitty part of LA. Right. Oh shit. And they actually blew it up. They blew up part of it. Yeah. Nice. That's real. I like when the Ramones are walking. Oh, you boys are going to school? What she says to them, the, 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 the principal. Are you boys going to school? Nah. <laughs> we just hear the fucking rock and roll, man. <laughs> it's a, it was such a fucked up. It was such a fucked up movie. Because you know what? The, the, those guys, they, I, dude, you know they were all fucked up and drunk. Right. Or, or, or more than that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's 1979, and 1979 to 1980 was a very much a transitional moment. Like when we went into the 80s, it really suddenly became the 80s. And, wow. and you know, the 70s, uh, you know that that's where that's where punk rock began in the 70s, and this was a very much a transition. And uh, I noticed that uh, um, uh, PJ Soul Souls Souls. No, no, souls. S O L E S. I think I souls. Yeah, souls. Like Riff, Riff Randolph. Riff Randolph. They were dressed sort of like the West Coast version of punk rock. And Ramones were very East Coast. Right, right. But you know what? It 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 worked because when you drop them into the fucking movie, they're just like aliens coming into the fucking movie. You know what? Yeah, yeah. That's well said. That's well said. Yeah, I mean, they, they were, you know, the Ramones were were always cartoonish, and it, that's what they needed for that kind of movie. Right. And it, it couldn't have been any better. Were they on Scooby Doo one time. <laughs> I think they were. No, I don't. Th I don't think they were on. They were on The Simpsons. Okay. You want right. to sing Happy Birthday to Mr. Burns? You want to? I think everything's on Scooby Doo. <laughs> you want to hear something on funny? What? You want to see that girl uh, PJ one of her first movies was John Carpenter Halloween. She was in Halloween. Halloween. Oh, she's and in she's in two of my favorite horror movies. She's in Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> she's in Carrie and she's oh, also she got she got murdered, but this one she survived. So she got she got blown up. She got blown up in Carrie, right? Oh, yeah. Or burned up. Burned she up. Got burned up in the fire. Yeah. And in uh, Halloween she got but, you, know, you know, you know another movie she's in where she's great? Striped. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. I he hooked up with that. Bill Murray in that. He's got a he's got a ice cream scooper and he's chasing her around the room with the ice cream. <laughs> oh, right. oh, right. oh, I forgot about that. Oh. Hey Mike, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Guess what was the budget for this movie? <laughs> For maybe maybe two hundred thousand. Exactly, it was two hundred thousand. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's a very Corman budget. <laughs> yeah, typical Corman. And you know what? With a worldwide release, and then later on with video, and then DVD, he probably made ten times that. Right. Yeah. He doesn't like to waste his money. He likes to make money. No, he, every every Corman movie makes money. That's why he's great. Because he doesn't spend anything on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He pays everybody next to nothing. <laughs> you know the the actors write the screenplays, you know that kind of shit. <laughs> but now let's make a little transition here, okay? Uh, we're going to talk about Animal House now. now. 
Came out a year earlier from Rock and Roll High School, 1978, directed by John Landis. And, I mean, can you say – can, can anything be more classic comedy than this? <laughs> I mean, is there anything – I mean, it's so well, funny from beginning to end. So uh, don't you think – it's a good thing we talked about both these movies. Don't you think Rock and Roll High School was influenced, obviously, by Animal House? Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Look at, well, first of all, Roger Corman – if anybody does anything successful, he's like, he's going to jump on it. So, Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it, Animal House has the has the kind of uh, uh, reputation of being the first, like, real gross-out movie. It, it's, it's, okay. it, it is the epitome of college humor. Uh, humor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what used to be college humor. You know, right, 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 right. You know. But but back then in the seventies and even in the even in the eighties, I mean, I went to college for a year and a half down in Delaware, and yeah, we had a toga party. Right on, of course. I grew up in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, which is a giant, which is where the University of Tennessee is, which is a huge college town. Giant. So yeah. we our town has been inundated with what we call. Frat holes and sorostitutes. <laughs> and, and, so, and in fact, the movie takes place in Tennessee. Because if you notice in the if you notice in the uh, uh, the trial scene, they have yeah. a flag and a Tennessee flag. <laughs> so, I never I never oh, realized uh, that. Yeah, and, and I use and it or obviously takes place in 1962. Yeah, um, but uh, I used to. Uh, when I first saw it, I used to believe that it was Knoxville just because of my experience in this college town. But I don't right. think it's obviously not true. But it's you know it's that southern, southern fraternity college you know big university culture that that's why I related so much to it because I was I grew up right in the middle of that. <laughs> you know? Well, it was it, technically it was it was written by Harold Ramis who went oh. on to. You know, Ghostbusters, Stripes, Ghostbusters, a bunch great. of other movies. Yeah, great. Uh, sadly, he passed away. Um, but it was also written by Douglas Kenny and Chris Miller of National Lampoon Magazine. That's yes. why it's called National Lampoon's right. Animal House. You know, now, that, was this the first National Lampoon film? I believe it was. Okay, I believe it was. And of course, it went. You know, they went on to other things like Vacation. Yeah, you know. They, I mean, they were striking gold just with the National Lampoon name attached to a movie, you know? Right. You knew Guys, it was going to be funny. Can I give you a little – I want to give you a little fact. So the movie came okay. out. The movie was distributed by Universal Pictures, right? It was released yeah. on July 28, 1978. It had a budget of $3 million, right? Guess how yeah. much? Guess how much this movie grows? I spent most of it on Probably John. Ten times that. A hundred and forty-one million dollars. Wow! Now that's that's, that's a huge hit. Yeah. And and I tell you what, what's what's fascinating, and, and this is uh, something I understood from from uh, uh, study by John Belushi. At this time, Saturday Night Live was the number one TV show, number one show on TV. Uh, the Blues Brothers album was the number one Billboard uh, album yeah. on, and and Animal House is the number one box office film. John Belushi is literally and figuratively flying high at this. It point. was his first. Yeah. It was his first movie role, and it's his first movie. Yeah, 
He's the, yeah. he's the biggest star. I mean, he's already he's the most established star in his, his first movie. Yeah, I mean, everybody else was was just starting out. I mean, even Kevin Bacon's in I'm going to say, Kevin Bacon's yeah. first movie. Is that right? Is that right? That was Kevin Bacon's first movie? I, I think it is. Uh, one of them. It's got to be. It's early on. I he love it when young. I love it when he's in the middle of the street trying to and stop get, people. Get, scored, <laughs> and get, <laughs> get trampled. How about... <laughs> With flounder, they get flounder the fucking gun to aim at the horse. <laughs> he shoots it in the air. And the fucking horse just drops. The horse is like favorite sticks in that movie. And, and also, you know, Niedermeyer, okay. Um, <laughs> the guy, that guy, Mark, Mark Metcalf, okay, Mark. the actor, right, who played Niedermeyer, right. Now, do you remember later on, a couple years later, he oh, kind of no. like redid that for the for the weird, the twist the twisted sister video? Oh yeah, and, and I, the twisted sister video. And I, and I every time I see him, I I marry both Niedermeyer and that character again in the in the video together. Yeah, what are you gonna do with your life? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? A twisted sister pin on your uniform? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, every time I see him, I always equate him with Twisted Sister. Well, they loved Animal House, so they wanted to get him for that video. That's right. that was the whole thing, right? Right. You know, but I mean, the scenes and there's so many little little Easter eggs in that movie that just are hilarious. I mean, when the girl is jerking the guy off in the car with the gloves on, <laughs> the glove. I mean, and he's such he's such a college dickhead right yeah. and she goes oh is it supposed to be this soft <laughs> <laughs> what about what about in the iconic parade scene that's a end. great scene uh, this oh, is yeah. this is classic john landis chaos yeah. everything going everywhere and that <laughs> chicken the bunny Outfit gets thrown, and the kids in there, and that little kid is sitting there looking at a uh, Playboy magazine. Oh yeah, <laughs> the girl play in the buddy outfit lands yeah. in his head. Like, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you. Could fly to the window. Well, yeah. Oh man. And, and how about when? How about when? When uh, was Otter? I think it's Otter. He gets the dean's wife. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. like whoa. And he's he's in that that dirty, disgusting frat room, but he's got like that whole '60s fucking bedroom for all the lights and shit. Right. Putting the is lights on, like, bread? like the, the bed spins around. <laughs> I like when she. I like when the the, the deep wife turns the other guy. Can you take your tongue out of my ass? <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the end, yeah. When the thing falls down. Yeah, you know what? You know what was another you know what was another funny scene? The marching band. The guy took the lead of the marching band and yeah, into, the it alley. Into, into the wall. <laughs> and you see the guys like they showed him like ten minutes later. They got to still hit in the fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, probably you know one of the most memorable classic scenes is in the lunchroom um, when oh. when Belushi sits down. He puts all the food in his mouth and he goes, "Okay." Tell me what I am. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> it. <laughs> and one of my favorites is when they're sneaking up to the house and Blue, she's like, they do like five minutes of Blue, she's just doing this. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, making it possible. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Most of the movie he's doing this. Yeah. And then he goes up on the ladder and, and the girl is taking her top off and she's like playing with her breasts and he's just like falls back. On the you know what? I was like, didn't they see him? Didn't they see him? Yeah, how could they him? not see yeah, him? I, I know. Like, it's a movie. It's a movie. It was yeah, so right there. It was right there. You know what the scene when he when he started making the speech? He say, Why are the we German angry with the other guy goes, Leave him alone. He's on a roll. Yeah, he's on a roll. <laughs> don't, don't stop him. He's on a roll. Oh man. And then dude, that, that movie was so chaotic. And that frown house, that frown house was disgusting, man. Because I like flounder. Oh, yeah. When flounder right. goes there, when I go to the first flat house, everybody's nice. And then yeah. put everybody with the retards. The guy yeah, was well, they, were them like, they were treating them like shit, basically. And you know, but then when they go the the first scene when they go into the Delta house. Right, like I think I think Flounder yeah. gets hit in the face with a beer or something. <laughs> they they come from the other frat house. Yeah, he's all you know whatever, and like you you know I know I know you guys know this feeling when you go to that party where you just don't feel like you belong, right? Which that was it. Much everywhere I go, but and then <laughs> as soon as you get to the Delta house, you're like, this is where I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the movie goes great from there. You're like. This is where I want to be. <laughs> yep, you knew it was perfect. Right. And how about when the guy, when the guy, uh, when the guy gets the the girl, and he, and she's like, "I got to tell you, I'm really 13." Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that was the mayor. That was the mayor daughter. That was the mayor, and he was like a mafia guy. And he yeah. delivers her. He gets her, She gets drunk, and he delivers her in a in, in a, a shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> You know what the one was? She passes out. She, yeah, she's she, drunk, right? In the shopping cart, the father opens the door. She's like, "Hi, Dad." <laughs> you know what? But when she passes out on Pinto, she passes the ruin, the little devil, and the angel. Right. Yeah, on, look at he's, 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 out. he's got two hands full of toilet paper. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on one shoulder, it's like, "Fuck her, fuck her brains out." Yeah. And the other one's like, "I wouldn't do that." <laughs> <laughs> oh my you know, god! Movie, I mean, come on. Forty years later, you're still laughing at it. You know, it's just classic. It's just classic. Do you guys realize? Do you guys realize that landed right? What the movie he made before that? You know what it was? Kentucky Fried Movie. That's oh, a great god. movie. Yeah. That, so he was picked to do this based on that film. Right. Yep. Gabe Kaplan. No. Oh, no, no, oh, no, no! You're, th you're thinking of um, what the Danny fuck is basketball. that Dave Kaplan movie with the boys plays basketball? Yeah. All right, that's a different thing. No, no. This is no, Kentucky I Fried movie. Is Kentucky Fried movie is like three or four different stories, and right. some are long, some are short. Yeah. It's like, I mean, for me, the one short one that's incredible that I always laugh at is when the guy, it's the, the Daredevil one. I love Danger Sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Danger Rex, Seeker. Right? Rex he's, he's, he's come, like it's that. like this little nerdy guy. He's dressed like <laughs> Evil Knievel. Okay. And you see him walking like behind these buildings. It's all like broken up and shit. And he sees these like four black guys playing dice. Right. And he goes <laughs> up to them and he goes, you know, Edward. Okay. Right. And they chase him. And that's it because he's a dad devil. 
Oh my god! That, I mean, you, you know? could you could never do that today. No, you, know? you can't do yeah. that shit with somebody. You, you know what's the other scene? You know what happened? To, um, Nehemiah. He yeah. was killing Vietnam. The oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. By his own troops. By, by his, his own, own troops. troops. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. that that ended when they show everything what happened. Yeah. That's so so fantastic. And uh Blutowski, uh, you had the senator. <laughs> yeah, he ends up a senator. And <laughs> yeah. no one knows what happened to D-Day. Yeah, no he, he ran. He disappeared. Yeah. No one ever saw him again. Dude, but that end, that end of that movie, that fucking parade, and they throw the marbles. <laughs> they fucking flat yeah. to throw the marbles. That's, they that's, money. that's very signature Landis. He loves yeah. like the chaos and everything's going everywhere. Like, oh my god! Now, now, just another little Landis tidbit: the movie he did after. Do you remember? Uh, Twilight Zone. No. Was it Twilight Zone? Yeah, that was wow. Twilight Zone was 79. And that's when he got in trouble because Vic Morrow died Vic on the Morrow set. Two kids, I know. With the helicopter. And he got sued for that, right? Oh, shit. I remember that. With remember the that? Helicopter. Yeah. 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 Killed Vic Morrow during the production of that movie. Yeah, Vic Morrow, who was a classic actor. Yeah. And it's a great scene. And he still, he still completed the movie and put that in. Yeah, he was. I think. I think he had shot everything. He was, you know, for some reason he was in a helicopter. Really had nothing to do with the movie, but that that was a loss. But he got he that that went on for years. That court case into the eighties. Wow. Good. I think that was a, a he collaborated with uh, um, Dan Aykroyd with that. You know. Yeah. You know. Dan, yeah, Dan Aykroyd is in the car. It, yeah, and he well, Dan Aykroyd is a huge. You know, he's a he's a huge. Twilight Zone fan and Dragon right. fan, and uh, you know, I think did did he partly write that movie or or something? Yeah, maybe he might have been involved a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm it's 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 a decent it's decent. I, I was never a huge fan of it, uh, but it's it's decent when you watch it now. It's it, it holds up all right. Right on. Right on. Do, do you guys remember when they went to the black club? Yes. Oh my God! He loves us. Otis Day. He loves <laughs> us. Yeah. They walk in. They and they walk in. Everything stops. <laughs> and, and and that film made that song like the like the frat song of all time. Oh, oh shout! Shout! shout. shout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like everywhere you go, that was it. And and, Lu and Louie Louie too. Yeah. Louie Louie. Yeah. Do you mind if we dance with your ladies? Now he says, do you mind if we dance with your dates? Yeah, your right? dates. <laughs> 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 Grab the table. Grab the table. We're all looking up at him like. <laughs> and, and, and they're just like, okay, no problem. <laughs> And their dates, by the way, which is hilarious how uh, Otter uh, figured out he went to this dead a, girl's a, a, dead a funeral. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and he got, he's like, Yeah, I know. You know, genius. I got to tell yeah, you. I mean, he pretends, he pretends to pretends be like he's a, the dead, he pretends to be the dead girl's boyfriend. Boy. What a, oh, and he's gonna it. pick and, and we, like, we were engaged to be engaged. <laughs> right, engaged to be engaged. And the roommate. Who was hot? Who was okay? Oh yeah, you know, feels bad, feels, they they end up getting on with in the car. Yeah, yeah. Was, I, I mean, he would have went all the way with her if they didn't get interrupted. He goes, 
I don't think I want to be alone tonight. Would you go out with me? She's like, let me get my coat. And let me goes, get my coat. Yeah. And he goes, can you get three days for my friends? <laughs> that, was another, that was another laugh out loud moment for me. Rewind. Exactly. That movie for my friends. <laughs> yes, you know, they just don't make movies even at all like that anymore. You know, it, the closest movies that even came in that genre might have been like the first American Pie. You know, they were trying to resurrect that that kind of thing. You know what I think? I always call old school my my, my animal house. To old me, school old school was animal house because it was chaotic. It was all guys that take over a frat house because the guy got kicked yeah. Out. It, they were just trying. To, they were just trying to you know bring that back. Do you re do you guys remember Animal House two? No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was all about flounder. Oh, is that right? Flounder was the star. Belushi had nothing oh, to do with it. A lot of them weren't in it. It was just flounder, and it sucked. But I remember when it, it came out, like in the mid '80s, I think. No wonder I lightning didn't strike twice with that one. But no, but the first one, forget Here, it. Here's what I love about both of these films that we watched and that we we talked about tonight, and that is uh, anti-establishment uh, against against the uh, 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 anti-authority films. Right, and right. in that time. We needed that. I mean, we we're just getting, you know, we're like, we've got like. Well, we got out of Vietnam, Watergate, Vietnam, two years earlier. We dealt, you know, we dealt with, 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 like, we became so disillusioned with Nixon and, you know, that whole yeah. thing. And so, <laughs> she might remember Watergate. But, uh, yeah, but it was, a, and, and, and personally for me, uh, I was, that was when I was, I just started my teens and I was, very rebellious and so for me those movies really spoke to me they spoke to me because i was anti-authority and these guys are saying it's actually hilarious <laughs> anti-authority is actually hilarious yeah it could be funny it's a good point Scott, you want to hear something crazy i and do I told, and i told mike this so i know what, what gave me the inspiration of locking myself into the principal I learned so so the, the final day of school, right? I probably right. was like in seventh or eighth grade. Oh, no. I brought like a little radio, and I had a added scoop. Um, you cool know, out. Uh, out for the summer, and I knocked myself in the principal office, and it's like it's like a half an hour before the day over, and I fucking locked myself in to bring my little radio, and I put that through the loudspeaker to everybody, <laughs> <laughs> and people lost their shit. You lost their weren't shit. you weren't you in Catholic school? Catholic school. I love that story, Rob Rossi. I've never heard that. I but that I got story. I got that from the Ramon, the, uh, yeah, uh, Rock the Rock <laughs> Oh well, I, well, I mean, it, Rock and Roll High School taught me how to take off a woman's bra. Well, there you go. <laughs> In detail. The, the dreaded mini hook. <laughs> you, you did a better job than Pinto. <laughs> yeah, you could do it. Both those, movies, both those movies invested in the whole bra taking bra off. Bra opening thing, yeah. That's true. That's true. I'm a 13-year-old, but you know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> And if you play your cards right, the easy open frontal assault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another great scene. Is, you know what's another? Belushi has the other great scene with 
the tree hugger guys play music. And I don't know what kind of song. <laughs> Break the guitar. <laughs> I gave my love. <laughs> yeah, you just see his, you see his face. Chicken with no bones. Yeah, yeah. You, you know he's gonna do something. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes. Jabalish, sorry. What we all wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was great. Wow. It, it's funny. Those these two movies that we watch and look at the times we're living right now. It's right. almost like you need that whole anti-source, like, go crazy, you know? It's fucking crazy. Well, I, I, I'll say it now. When all this is over, people are going to be partying. Yeah. Oh. Yep. There's going to there's gonna be a lot of babies born. <laughs> Great. That's all I need. Great. I hope they're not mine. Yeah. I, not, love, I love babies. They're delicious. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> There's not going to be babies born. When they give you that vaccine, you go, there'd be no more pregnant for the next 20 so, years. They might be mutants. <laughs> no, they're, I'm okay what? with that. I'm okay with that. That vaccine is to stop the population. There'll be no people having babies. There'll be like 20 yeah. years of no babies. I'm telling yeah. you, man. Yeah. There'll be test wow. two, baby. Test two. Be flipper, baby. Be we're we're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> yeah. All right, oh. guys. So, Clown, I want to thank you for coming on the year-end show, the year-end wrap thank of the you. rock show. Thank you for having me. Gabba, Gabba, hey. Gabba, hey. Talked about one of the greatest rock and roll movies ever and Animal House, Rock and Roll High School and Animal House. Right Animal House had a lot of good music in it, too, so it counts as oh, a yeah. rock movie in a lot of ways. You know, and, uh, you know that scene where Kevin is getting smacked in the ass? Yes, I have another. Thank you, sir. Can, <laughs> can I have, I have another? another? I was like, you can look at his face. And he got too much enjoyment out of that. <laughs> and Nita Meyer liked it too much. Yeah. Too, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, all right, man. guys. Thank you so, for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. So this is what episode? What was this episode? This 98? is episode ninety-eight, and I got everything. Ninety-eight. Yeah, ninety-eight. Are you man. gonna have a hundredth anniversary special? We we did uh, it. We, yeah, we 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 did it already. It'll be in January. Already. Yeah, it'll be in the January. Right. I'll just be ninety-eight. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you got, well, you could be the dollar ninety-eight beauty show. <laughs> 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 all right, Cloud, you be safe, all right? Thank you, guys. Enjoy your holidays. You too, Cloud. Right. Enjoy your holiday. And remember, don't, don't be a get good drunk. clown. Don't be a good clown. Be a bad clown. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Always be a bad clown. But remember, but don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Get, get loved. Up. See you next Ooh, time. Have a good one. See you next year, people. All right.